we're rolling now. Maddie. Matt Janella. Dude, I've been, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. <laughs> I think since the beginning. I think I texted you the day after I did my first episode. I know. It's been a, well, you know, because we both just sit around and just wait for things to happen. You know, it's, of course it's going to take a long time. We're it, it took a full year. Going along, we're going a lot of places. We were just talking about, you were saying that it's surreal to just be in the same place at the same time. I can't, you know, Snowball was just in my house. <laughs> like I held <laughs> Snowball. Every time I see Snowball on any form of your, you know, posts, videos, anything, he makes me smile. And today he was in my house with my baby boy. I mean, that that's like connecting of some pretty cool dots. It made me smile. I was thinking about it because, you know, I mean... I, I, there's a couple different ways to look at it. Like some people, there's been a lot, I would say nine out of 10 people see a, an image of Snowball on the golf course and they say, you can bring your dog to a golf course. And now you being a worldly golfer, right? You, you've been to the home of golf. You've been to other homes of golf around yeah. the planet. What do you say to that? I told a, a, gol, a golf, I, I do see golf, you know, having to be accessible to the masses. I think that's, golf has to start there. And it did start there. And it's still there in a lot of pockets and places that uh, where golf is officially a culture. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't that be what we're trying to accomplish? Why wouldn't we want to have all golf look and feel a lot like the old course in the home of golf? Yeah. Why wouldn't we let people walk and dogs and talk, you know, I, I, it's, it's black and white for me. It's, just, it's clear that, you know, when you go to Goat Hill Park, when you go to places like that, there's, there's bins out there for dogs. So they get water. That's, that means I'm, I'm home. I, I want to play that place. I want to go walk that place. I want to be around that place. I want to come back to that place. That's the way it should feel. That's the way it should look. Most people are on this tip, right? Most people get it. I found it is interesting to me that you know, and even and even outside of golf, like traveling with Snowball, it's a pain in the ass. Like it's annoying. Like he he's, you know, he's cute in a photo and he's cute in a video when he's mop when he's bopping around the golf course. But like he's also kind of he can be you know, I don't know if you've even seen it yet, but he he, he almost bit Sergio Garcia. <laughs> he growled at Sergio Garcia at the uh, the event the other day, and I was like, oh my god. But, you know, so he has his little idiosyncrasies like humans. But um, the other day I posted a photo of us walking off the plane together. And someone was like, are you really the guy that brings your dog on the on the plane? And I was like, well, I, do people bring children on the plane? <laughs> like, what the what is the problem? Well, your answer to that is yes. Yeah, I, I am. am the guy that brings the yeah. dog. Can I raise my hand any higher? <laughs> I that is yeah, yeah. I'd rather have my dog than you. Well, I guess what I'm just responding to is like, and and... You know, do you ever run into that where you're, yeah, I don't know if we need to talk about it, but I was going to say, what do you, you're a public figure in golf. You're standing for things that are new. Am I right? Yeah. Or, you know, certain, some things that are new, some things that are old. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't look at it like that. I, my reactions are simply based on what I think, what, what I think is right or wrong, what makes sense and doesn't make sense. You know, I think, you know, so many times we just lose sight of what makes sense you and know be specific in golf what are you what are you saying well right now 
Um, I, these the, the rules of golf. I would just came back from Scottsdale with 40 people, a golf advisor getaway where people can kind of come have the experience that I have on the Explain golf I, advisor getaway a little bit to someone who hasn't seen it. Yeah, golf. So this is a new show for you. Yeah, golf advisor round trips are the 30 minute show that we're doing on Golf Channel now and, and going to these destinations, kind of an extension of what originally was Genoa's Journeys, which were about six to eight minutes. Right. Now they're 30 minute golf advisor round trips. At the end of the round trip, I say, if you want to experience a trip similar to what I've just had and see some of the courses and some of the off-course amenities that some of these places have, come on a Golf Advisor getaway. So 40 people showed up to Scottsdale. You know, uh, I got to, you know, play with them. We, we played all the great golf courses of Scottsdale. But I also got to see them consume, consume the game, which is very important to me. It's a wide range from 15 years old to 75 years old was on this trip. And couples, buddies, buddies trips within the trip. And all the conversation was about the rules, leaving the pin in or leaving the pin out, tapping the stuff down the green, where we drop from the knee. Everything was being referenced. It's, it's like this little, little you know, uh, focus group on the game <laughs> of golf. And, you know, it, it allows me to sort of, watch and form, you know, passionate opinions. And for me, you know, I leaving the pin in and for the amateur game and tapping everything down on the, on the, on the greens, it makes sense for the amateur game dropping from your knee. So that you don't have to repeatedly drop and all that makes sense from a professional standpoint, what I'm seeing watching Kapalua or Sonia, you know, it doesn't look right. Guys putting, with the pin in, deciding that strategically from five feet, that's the better way. You know, I, you know, dropping from their knee and not being able to drop any higher than the knee doesn't right. make it doesn't. This doesn't make it. The the pros play a different brand of golf. Yeah. The idea that we play the same game is ludicrous. If you've ever played in a pro or played with a pro. And from 7,800 yards on green speeds that are 14 on the stamp with, you know, high roughs and galleries all along. that that's And they're playing for their livelihood, and they count every shot. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time you went out and played rattle bottom golf, counted every shot? When it was OB, you hit, took another one. And if you didn't go find your ball, you had to go back to the tee to retee. When's the last time? Oh, man. Uh, I don't even know when the last time I played a full 18 was. <laughs> No, I'm serious. No, because like we, I was gonna play a full 18 two weeks ago at Rustic Canyon, my favorite course in LA. I woke up and I was like, I think nine's good for me. I play <laughs> a lot of golf. We, you know, like, and that's basically going and playing horse or playing three yeah. on three pickup uh, half court, like, you know, going to play softball, you know, corporate softball league. You know, I, we can play something that's similar to them, and we can have variations of the rules. But at the end of the day, we don't play the same game that they play. Right. So let's drop it bifurcate the rules the ball if i think if we can come to an understanding and everybody agrees that this game that we play as amateurs is so much different than they play as pros we pay to play they get paid to play. you know all that stuff True. all of that yeah i mean there's a distinguishment between professional and amateur why are they the same rules of course it's 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 absurd it, it doesn't Do you, is there any inside baseball that that might happen or no um, well, I would, you know, again, USGA had a, had a problem with the anchoring of the putter, it, mm. the optics. They said it doesn't look right. If they think the optics of what's happening in the game of golf right now looks right, looks right, as opposed to what that was that, you know, instigated a rule change on that. What, what are we doing here? What is going on? It's all very strange. 
it's so strange and it and it it's kind of like we need a reset on a lot of stuff. We played Winter Park this morning. Yeah. A, a few holes. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even get a full nine in. <laughs> but it was funny because I, uh, on the second hole, I almost brought up the fucking, sorry, it, the, the, I'm trying to curse less. We, we uh, <laughs> it's, it's fucking hard. Um, the, we, we, we putted that. with the, we, we putted with the pin in and I was like, I almost wanted to talk about it and I was like, stop talking about it. Stop. It, it was, everybody yeah. was talking. And what's funny is some guys will want the pin in and uh-huh. then some guys want it out. So oh, it's now it's now. defeated the whole purpose. Oh, now it. the pin is going in and out and in for different players. I actually <laughs> want it in. You know, the goal was to let amateurs walk up on the front end of a green and to a back pin and hit the pin putt and not worry about a two-stroke penalty. It hits the right. pin. You know, uh, but ne- next it'll be no pin ever. I don't just, know what blind. It's Every like, green is blind. Uh, so um, yeah, I'm curious to know about so so the. Um, the uh, getaways. Yeah. So this is it's uh you you go into it you're kind of doing like a coin cup if you will uh, around yeah. America yeah. you're 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 engaging with people who um, essentially need your content they they are they are um, the the same people that are gonna watch Morning Drive and they're gonna say all right I got one trip this year where are we going mm-hmm. let's go to Maddie G and let's figure it out. Um, by that end, you solve an incredible puzzle for people because there really isn't, from what I can tell, uh, a creative way of finding that information as a golfer. Well, I, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's just, you know, the, the, the business model or the idea behind it was a lot of people say, I want to, I want to do what you do. I want to go where you go. I want to. And so we're basically saying, Hey, Go sign up, and we're going to get you special access. At Big Cedar Lodge, the group of people we had there got to play Ozarks National before it was really open. Okay. You know, and, and, and are so these we, also some privates, too? Um, in some cases, I don't think we've got them on a private, but, in, in, but we got them on courses that you can only usually play if you stay at the particular ah. resort, or we get, or, you know, um, like Byron Scott came with me to Danzante awesome. Bay and was like the co-host. So, Dude, that you know, place looks sick. That place looks sick. You're, you're, you're going to go and you're going to go back. It's, it's, they're doing it right there. That's can we, it. can we talk Mexico for a second? Yeah. Like, yeah. like how high does Mexico rank on your list of international destinations? If you go to the right spot, if that's sort of what you're looking for, you know, um, especially in Loreto, Danzante Bay, you know, that it's 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 pretty affordable actually. It's good value. You know, they kinda let you know, ATV tours, you get to you get to go have an ATV tour. They don't overcook like that what you can and can't do. It's yeah. kinda like, can I do that? Yeah, go ahead. They're like, are you can okay with potentially that? dying? Go ahead and do <laughs> Yeah, like if, if you wanna jump off the rock, go jump off the rock. That's it's on you. Like <laughs> You know what I mean? And U.S. were like, no, get away from the rock. You know, that would, you know, one person had an accident. Nobody else can have fun. You yeah, know, yeah, it, yeah. It's a little, little overreactionary. And I, I find it refreshing yeah. when you go to Mexico. It's a little more raw. It's kind of the, like the North Shore of Kauai. Like it's not everything is, you know, overdone. And it's, and it, it's authentic, amazing service, you know, amazing, you know, great food. The golf course is super user friendly, spectacular setting. You know, um, Sea of Cortez, blue whales, not just humpbacks. Have you have you ever seen a blue whale? 
I mean, not in recent memory. No, no. I need to get. Have you ever? Have you ever boated along the side of a submarine? That's basically seeing a blue whale. I mean, it is so massive. You're like, all right, I'm really little. That's really big. Let's go in. And you got to bring Katie and 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 the kiddo. Katie and baby Bandon are kind of you know that's that's my snowball. You know, (laughs) I bring. (laughs) People are like, are you really the guy who brings your wife and kid everywhere you go? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, that's part of the deal. It's where it's right now. They are. They are. They are in, uh, they're riding shotgun and it's, it's a, you know, makes everything so much more special because you're, you're sharing it with the people you love. And is it hard? You know, I, I actually never thought of this before, but I know when we're on work trips, right. You know, behind the cameras right now, if you're, if you're driving in the car, the, the person who kind of set up the mics here is Colt. He's on the bed. We're in a hotel room. If you're watching the <laughs> video on YouTube, Colt's just sort of over there. Um, you know, we're, we're like, we're like a tight yeah. ship, you know, yeah. and, and it's funny cause we played. Uh, we played golf with Ashley and Jeff over the summer, and Ashley was under the impression that a round with the the boys wasn't that different to a round with her. And she said later, she said, was it that different? And Jeff just looked at her and was like, I mean, very, very different. You know, like, incredibly, like, and, and I'm not going to say what Jeff said because it's pretty <laughs> vulgar, but, you know, it's okay when you're with the boys. Do, do you, I, I wonder what it would be, for me as a crew, like we're like, we're just always going, do you run, is it tough ever to like, have you know Katie and Ben in there? Do, are you like, is it a push and pull for you? Because I'm curious. It, uh, well, my crew, my crew has a very similar dynamic. By the way, I've been yeah. with the same producer for all six years of anything I've ever done, travel wise. Uh, Alex Upegi. So he, you know, w- and then Rex Lint is kind of our what we call our director of photography, and he's super cool and creative and quirky and uh and then we have we have other guys who have joined the team palmer is our sound guy and we got mike hagador is another uh camera guy they're kind of new to this new version of of the golf advisor get with and it's very familial and it's amazing because if if katie and bandon are coming you know those guys get excited because you know first of all it's kind of like all right we're back everybody we cut on a weird moment because the uh memory card was full I and, get chatty, and in that, and I've there filled wasn't up a you. lot of cards. Trust me, <laughs> was it you? We, we were, and in that moment, we were talking about what podcast number is this? It's been, it's around a hundred. But uh, anyway, It'd be really I, cool if it was number a hundred. It would. I mean, can we just say that? Or it's it's number a hundred, man. <laughs> <laughs> we told Janelle it's a hundred and get him out of here. Yeah, the, the <laughs> I got the I got the approval from management. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Um, no, we were we we cut out on you talking about your crew, and just to finish that up. You you said something that really hit me, which is that your crew would watch Bandon for you. Well, no, it's just a it's a family. Your son. Uh, you know, crew is another name for family, really. I mean, and it's, yeah. uh, there's as I'm as I've already seen with you guys and know based on sort of what I watch and understand, and it's just inherent to sort of being in the trenches with people on this on this. You know, the act of travel alone is is such a such an an adventure. Yeah. So to be on any form of travel adventure with any group of people, not unlike what happens on buddies trips or, you know, trips to like Scotland and Ireland, you just you get closer and then then do 20 trips in a year. So how close are you after 20 trips in a year? Either you're real close or they're gone. You know what I mean? Like it's either it didn't work or something happened. Yeah. And in, and in the case of of what I have is is a family you know, and it extends beyond Katie and Bannon and Katie's kids. And, uh, you know, all of it is just kind of one with, 
who I am. It, it kind of comes with the territory. They don't come on every one of them. And there are certain times where it goes back to sort of us, just the just the, the crew. And that takes on a whole different, you know, not unlike a guy's trip does if you go on a couple's trip or if, a, you know, if you go on a family trip. All of them have a different different feel. And I feel lucky to be working with the people I work with. They're all super talented. They're great. Uh, we all pick each other up. We inspire each other. We push each other. We, you know, and that, that, if, if it's, if that's not happening, then you probably don't have good content anyway. Right. Yeah. It definitely, uh, they definitely affect each other. Yeah. Um, and it's, so let's go into, uh, you know, you said something interesting today talking about work. You said, uh, you said, um, if I wasn't, if I didn't have my current job, which I mean, you're, you're, you're a journalist, you're, I would say, uh, I don't know, you, as far as every, as, as far as most people in golf that are journalists, well, for, I mean, I've got a couple thoughts here, right? Yeah. One is, you're, you say, you're a journalist, am I right? I have a degree in journalism. Okay. I do feel like I practice a form of journalism. Uh, I don't know that Columbia University is, I'm, I'm not, you know, the pride of Columbia, you know, journalism school. I think, you know, they, they're, they're, as, they're, you know, they, they practice, you know, as pure as it gets. Um, oh, cause they're doing hard hitting stories. They're unwrapping things that yeah. no one wants to tell. I'm, I'm doing golf travel. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? It's not, you know, I, I do take but it that's seriously. Still 100% um, necessary. Well, if you weren't here, someone else would do it. I mean, not, not, and a lot that of sounds other like I'm saying are replaceable, no, but what no. I mean is. Well, we're all replaceable. And I, I, you know, I just, I I take pride in my content from a journalistic perspective because I feel like what I'm doing is trying to help people tell their stories. Right. So Big Cedar Lodge is not my story. That's Johnny Morris's story. Um, Ray Halbreder's story is Turning Stone in upstate New York. That's not my story. So what I want to do is go in, tap into Ray Halbreder, get him to tell his story and have other people tell what their experiences are like being a turning stone, working a turning stone. You know that you know what I'm saying? Right. So at Johnny Morris at Big Sierra Lodge, I want to tap into the people that consume that place or 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 are the heart and soul of that place and let people make a decision based on that. Did did that story that I helped tell inspire those people to get up and go to their computer and say, I want to go to Big Sierra Lodge. It's not because of something I said or did. I'd like to think it's something because of what um, someone else on that show or in that segment said or did that made people believe. So I kind of remove myself from sort of the the you know the endorsement mm. uh, role and try to and that's where Alex Upegi comes in. That's where my producer and I have been in step from the very beginning, which is we've got to layer in authenticity yeah. and and real moments and real people into the into what we're trying to do. Otherwise, no one's going to react to it. That you know what we see and and what we're watching and and learning, it's it's pretty easy to 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 tell nowadays what's authentic and what's not. Right. It's a word that's used a lot, and it's it, it, but it's not always easy to achieve uh, authenticity. And I think the only way we do it is by the people we we spend time with at these particular destinations. So in that sense, I feel like yes, I am doing some sliver of journalism. It's interesting because you started bringing up authenticity, and I was already going to ask you a question about the difference between a journalist and an influencer. Yeah. And I think, in a way, you you got there a bit ahead of me, which is, um, you know, I, I am curious about in your job, you basically, um, 
you, you know, we have we have similar jobs, but they're yeah. pretty different. Yeah. Right. And we talked about this a bit in the car right over yeah. here. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of um, you obviously have you have certain boundaries that you have to pay attention to. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're not an influencer. Yeah. And and what is an influencer anyway in golf? Can you tell me? You, and what's cool about you know what what I look to you for and what I really respect you for is obviously your professionalism. You've taught me so much about um, my own job. And before I lose the question, I'll get into that story later yeah. when we first met. I love that story. But um, you 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 you've seen the growth of the influencer within your like you know seat at the golf journalism table. Yeah. What do you? I mean, that's a long question. Yeah, I don't even know if it's a question, but can you comment on all that? Well, first of all, I, I, I know you're doing a great job at what you do because you inspire and influence me. I don't know if that makes you an influencer. I don't know if that makes you a journalist. All I know is what you're doing is inspiring and influencing me. I get inspired by what it is that you do and how you do it. Now, I hope to try to accomplish that with somebody who's watching what it is that I do and how I do it. I, if, if I'm worried about whether or not I'm influencing or not, then I'm probably not going to be a good influencer. All I'm worried about is following my passions, my energies, asking the questions that I want to ask, going in with a blank slate and transporting that and, and, you know, broadcasting that back out, uh, to, to the people who watch the golf channel or read, you know, a golf advisor. And in that sense, I've got this amazing platform. I've got this amazing partner in the golf channel. If you want to be immersed in the world of golf, what better place to do it than the golf channel, right? So I don't take that lightly. I see that I've got a great platform. I understand that I have a great job and an opportunity. And I that that's where I give 110% of all my effort and energy is not to squander that or, you know, take that for granted. I want to, you know, I, I get anxious if I'm home. You know, some people say, oh, is it hard to travel? It's actually hard to be home for me. <laughs> if I'm home for any longer than a week, and you can, you can ask my wife, I get stir crazy. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm freaking out. I, I know that I'm only as good as my last trip, my last post, my last person I connect with, my last... That's it. I've got to keep going. Yeah. Otherwise, what am I doing? Do you, um, you described yourself today as having ADHD or ADD. I didn't yeah. know. Is that true? Or is that just sort of a... Well, I've, sh- I've got a short attention span. Yeah. So you, in That's about only three minutes, three I'm just going to get up and walk away. Yeah. So, no, just, no, <laughs> it's a short I, no, pot. <laughs> I, no, I, I... It's something I, you know, it's... We were talking about golf and why I don't think I can ever get back, you know, or get down to like a true scratch golf that would take so much commitment and so much attention and so much focus so much you know i I, i'm not capable of that your your golf game now sits at you said an eight yeah but you said you said something that's gonna go a real were you referring to your handicap being not because i I have the same problem where i'm a seven but i'm gonna go if if you really wanted me to like i love your rattle what did you call it rattle bottom yeah yeah what does that mean when you you put the ball the ball is rattling in the bottom of the cup at Uh, every hole did you you get that rattle bottom you got i had to think about it yeah i did get it it. rattle bottom golf is like everything goes to the bottom of the hole i love that i uh yeah i never played that game um sounds fun no i have but i think if i really did do that (laughs) rattled a few bottoms i rattled a few bottoms last (laughs) night uh okay um no uh (laughs) 
You've played but, Rattlebox. But I have. and But I was going to say, seven handicap, but I mean, I'm not going to go out tomorrow and shoot an 81 or a 79. Yeah, I feel like I can shoot a... I, I'm capable of shooting 82 on any golf course in the world. Yeah. I can figure out ways to get to 82, and I have, and I generally do. If I'm south of 82, if I shoot 77, 78, that's, I've, that means things really... I made a few extra putts or... I, you know, I found a few extra fairways, and I'm also very capable of shooting 88, 92. I can figure, yeah. and when and when the, and when that happens, it used to ruin my whole life. I used to want to just, you know, <laughs> that would be, you know, trunk slamming, club breaking, you know, it just it ruined me. I don't and, see you as a club breaker. Well, back that was back, you know, back when I was, you know. Young, I just had no perspective. What age? On what my, age are we talking? You know, teenagers. How old? What, what age did you break your last club? <laughs> I've I've kind of released clubs recently. You know, we're like in the follow through, like ah, and you just okay. kind of release. That's my new move. It's just okay. kind of like the, like the follow through release. You know, it. yeah, or, or just you kind of let it go on your backswing. It drops behind right. you. But I I don't really, I don't break clubs anymore. It hurts. When I, the minute you break a club, you're like, oh my God, what did I just do? It's, yeah, it's and a, I hate that feeling. It's a strange so feeling. I've distanced myself from that feeling. Yeah, um, it's, 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 it's strange. The point is now is that a bad round of golf does not wreck me. It, you know, it might take a beer to, to make it go away or, you know, one buddy saying, dude, get over it. You know, now we got to go have dinner. You're right. I'm not, you know, there's too many other things that are so great in my life for me to ever get down over a, over a 92. Right. Did, I mean, I just have to come look at a picture of my baby and I'm like, all right, I'm good. You know, he still loves me. In your experience, does that typically come, uh, is that, is that a stage of golf evolution? Is that, is that, is that, is that waiting I, for everybody? Yeah. It's a maturation of, of, you know, golf being a microcosm of, of life in general. I, you know, and then how you mature and appreciate the game of golf certainly evolves. I would think almost everybody I've ever spoken to has kind of a, a maturation of, of who they are and then how that relates to the game of golf and their relationship with the game of golf. Um, you know, I used to always love to play with my uncle and my dad. Now all I want to do is someday play golf with my son. You know what I mean? That's it. Everything gets flipped upside down, and mm. you know, um, I really hope you know you have a you have a kid someday because you know I got to a point where I thought, oh, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna have kids. I'm I've sort of stayed too hyper focused on my career and my job, and the sacrifices sacrifices I've made are end up gonna be that I'm not married with kids and then all of a sudden now I'm married and I have four kids because I have one yeah. with one with my wife and she has three from a previous marriage and now I'm like wow that happened fast yeah yeah you, <laughs> and it's uh, amazing it's you, amazing you started on the 13th hole <laughs> it's amazing well no I'd like to think that um everybody else started on the first hole and they got to the 13th hole I was just the single that was playing through all the other groups to catch up to the group that got to the 13th yeah yeah you were just you were just like, play through it. can yeah. I go through it gotta get a group ahead right I'm looking for Katie Anyways, yeah, can get, I don't know what she looks like but she's my future <laughs> wife you uh, you were single till 44 that was inspiring for me to hear yeah I needed to hear that today I'm um, I'm 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 so glad I waited for as long as I did, but I can't believe I waited as long as I did. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is that, there, there is a number for everybody in which, you know, I really, I really needed to do what I, you know, I started as a photo editor. I then was a, uh, a, a, a director of photography. Then I was a writer 
for Golf Digest, and now I I'm like a broadcaster of some form, shape, or form. I'm on my third career. I don't know that I ever get to a third career unless I have a real hyper focus on my own career path and the opportunities that are presented themselves to me. When Jerry Tardy sat me down at Golf Digest and called me in on a Friday evening and said, we're going to have you go from a director of photography to our travel writer, that only happens because I went back and got a you know master's in journalism. That only happens because I'm single and available to kind of go out and explore the world. If I was married with two kids at that point, that was not going to be a good job fit. Whoa. Do you know what I'm saying? Like so Whoa. by say, by staying, you know, having a, what I used to say a shallow root system, it allowed me the opportunity to say, yeah, I can take some risks that I otherwise wouldn't be able to take. Right. And and opportunities came up that otherwise wouldn't have come up. I can I can be, you know, that selfish, self-centered approach to life that I was having didn't feel like self or self. It just felt like it was my life. Yeah. And I'm doing what I do. And now I'm sharing all of that with, you know, loved ones. Yeah. It makes me put it into perspective. Like um, if I was married, I probably wouldn't be planning adventures in golf, Afghanistan. Probably or, might not. Or, or, or if you're married, you found someone who's going to go on those adventures with you. And, you know, yeah. I always say as a person, a sailor and anchor, are they helping you get to where you want to go or are they holding you back? Whoa. What you can't ever do is marry an anchor. If you married an anchor, and yeah. you need someone who helps you, you know, sail along. That's not going to work. That's a really nice way to think. I like that. Yeah, uh, I, I always say people are sales or anchors, or people are givers or takers. In the game of golf, you're either a giver or a taker. And I can count on two hands: takers, people who are in the game of golf for the wrong reasons. They don't appreciate what it does or how it. Gets. And if you're if you're a, if you're a giver, you know, and you give to the game of golf, you're going to get it back tenfold. You're going to meet. 10 if you you know you're gonna meet 10 great people you're gonna go to 10 great places you're gonna play 10 great whatever it is that you give to the game of golf it's coming back tenfold um unless you're a taker and then the game of golf will get even with you have you ever uh have you ever do you have any experience with uh tr transitioning a taker into a giver is that possible do you think I mean, oh we'll for sure uh, i you know I, I i'm not saying that i'm there to sort of monitor and you know shepherd the actual transition i'd like to think a, you have a voice man i'd like to think well and that that all goes back to the inspiring and and influencing and stuff you know like i i think of i'd like to think that what we're trying to do is convert people who might either not be interested in the game of golf at all or might be you know sort of looking at the game of golf for all the wrong reasons and we can help get them to where they need to go in that maturation process of the game of golf. And, you know, guys like John Ashworth, we talked about him earlier, um, founder of not only Ashworth, but now of link soul and the whole concept of linking souls. And well, there's a guy who walks the walk. Yeah. He, you know, that I've never ever met anybody more, you know, convicted and, um, focused on simply leading by example. Okay, that he's influencing me. He's yeah. he's helped me transition and mature within the game of golf and life by simply showing me how to treat people and consume the game and how you travel and how you conduct yourself when you're on the road and what you're representing and who you're you know and and you know developing a better sense of self and worth. And that, you know, if you surround yourself with a few of those kind of people, you're bound to get there regardless. 
He's quite a ways ahead. Oh, Lewis. he's he was out of out of the out of at he's, birth. He's the Michael Phelps of uh, of the future of golf. Kind of at birth, he was ahead. he was you know he's. Um, we always used to have a saying at Sports Illustrated, you know, um, the two coolest people at Sports Illustrated when I was there in the mid-90s were Walter Yost, the oh, photographer, yeah. Walter yeah. Yost. Christian's dad, yeah. Christian Yost's dad and uh, Bjorn Yost's dad. He's just a, yeah. he's a legend, right? Walter Yost, you, you know. He does books with Michael Jordan and Ken Griffey Jr. You know, he does whatever he wants. And there's Rick Riley, the writer, mid-90s, you know, had the back page, was, you know. And I used to say, oh, who's cooler, you know, when I first started? Rick Riley or Walter Yost? And Phil Jackie, I'll never forget, said it best. He said, let me put it to you this way. Walter Yost was born cool. Rick Riley, he got cool like two weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? Like new cool versus old cool. John Ashworth is always been cool. He's old cool. You know right. what I mean? Old money, new money. Yeah. Old cool, new cool. Yeah, it's like baked into his uh it's just blood. It's just who they are. Yeah, well and I think part of that is that um you know the things well I don't know um Walter personally, but I mean I know from John from knowing John you know well enough, he it's it's like it's like um the things he believes in yeah are um they're actually impossible to disagree with. And the, but he doesn't just believe in him, you know. He saw that Goat Hill Park was going to go down, and yeah. he was like, "I got to do something," you know. And he's in the middle of trying to figure out his whole life and and business of Link's soul. It's probably the last thing he needed on his plate was to try to help save a, a mini municipal in his you know in his backyard. <laughs> he's got a couple things going on. Yeah, he had a, a lot of pressures and a lot of stresses and a lot of things, and yet he's out there, you know. Digging bunker. I mean, he he he's in the cart. He's raking stuff. He's you know he's rallying the the the, the locals in the town and the, you know, and finding you know the 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 incentives that California was saying. Hey, if you want a turf removal, we'll give you money for the acre. He slid in there, got that, submitted that thing, got money from the state, and made the conversion from potable water to reclaimed water, making it a viable business model. Like this is real stuff. Yeah, and he did it because it was the right thing to do, not because he wanted press or attention. Or he wanted it because he wanted a place for people to come with their dogs or their kids, and be be okay. He grew up there. He's giving back. He's paying it forward. Giver. Yeah, he's a give. Oh, he's the cap. He's defines it. He's he's it. Let's. Um, I want to. I want to take a quick break, and then we can go and talk about Winter Park and just some other fun stuff. So uh, everybody, stand by. All right, everybody, time to hear from maybe what's soon to become your best friend, Blue Chew. Okay, here's the deal. Do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? I'm not talking about going to the bathroom. I'm talking about increasing your performance and getting that extra confidence. You guessed it, on the driving range. Nope, I mean in bed. Seriously, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue, not the color that your balls were before you got this wonderful. Okay, moving on, bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's the real deal. I've tried it, and I'm afraid to say I couldn't leave the house for beep, and it's the stuff that works, exclamation point. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can even eat them in a sandwich. I'm just kidding, I haven't actually looked into that, but the point is, even on a full stomach, 
Because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. For example, after getting your sandwich at Chick-fil-A and you realize that maybe you were hungry for something else. That's the phone ringing, folks, but it's not Blue Chew calling me to tell me that this ad is unairable. It's someone else calling me to find out if I really use Blue Chew. Anyway, hang on, because here's the deal. This isn't just for guys with dysfunction. It's for any guy who wants extra function and to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Now, here is actually an interesting subject, because have I? do I realize that you can always be better at something that you're not the best? Tiger Woods, for example. All right, I'm going to leave that there. I'm not going to go any further. Anyway, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. That means that it doesn't say Blue Chew all over it. I'm going to get laid in four minutes. So there's no in-person doctor's visit and no waiting at the pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness. Unless you eat a lot of Blue Chew before the date. Okay, moving on. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. That means you listening right now. Pull over the lawnmower, get out your pen and paper. You're going to go to bluechew.com and get your first shipment free. Free? Wait, hang on. Free? You're going to get your first... Jeez, I'm going to text this to everybody except... Mom and Dad, please skip past this. This is embarrassing. Anyway, you're going to get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code ERIC, E-R-I-K. Don't spell my name wrong this time, folks. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue, B-L-U-E, chew, C-H-E-W.com. Promo code ERIC, E-R-I-K, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, folks. You know... My favorite golf shoe, don't you? I think you do. It's three-stripe life, y'all, and that means Adidas. Um, and so anyway, I just wanted to tell you that when I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Tour 360, obviously, and uh, they've made a huge update to the Tour 360, and uh, the two letters that it's concerned with are the letters X and T, okay? The Tour 360 XT changes the game, okay? It's lighter. So your feet feel even better after a round. By the way, a light golf shoe is what I'm all about. A heavy, there are some other companies making heavy golf shoes. And I'm just like, by the way, I weigh enough. There's enough going on. I'm carrying a golf bag. I'm carrying my team. Um, Tor XT changes the game. It's lighter so your feet feel even better after a round. And it still features that boost, y'all. Do you know where boost comes from? It And boost is cool because it only comes in black and white. I don't know if you noticed that. And actually, they the guy who made Boost like was going to bring it to some other, you know, they, they were shopping it around, and everyone else said no. Adidas was like, I'll take that Boost, even though it's only black and white. And what did Adidas do with it? They made it awesome. I'm looking at Boost right now on my feet. Boost on my feet. Uh, and it has an X-shaped traction system that gives you insane stability. Literally, it's not sane. It's literally crazy. Your feet will literally be like, I'm crazy. Best part, it comes in spikeless. Ooh, that's tight. The first spikeless ever in the history of the Tour 360. Crazy comfortable and perfect for the course. Get your pair at adidas.com. Thank me later. Follow Adidas Golf for all the latest and greatest. That's all true statements right there. Check it out. Go support Adidas because they're a good company, good people. I like it. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out, and now check out this podcast. All right, we're back, everybody. Thank you for listening to those 
incredibly entertaining advertisements. <laughs> um, so we, uh, I, I guess re really briefly, you know, I talked about it on my Instagram when you and I first met 15 months ago or so. Yeah. Um, and and I get I go back to it a lot because here we were at, well we were just talking before the break about John Ashworth and Goat Hill and uh, you know John was like oh you know come and you know he was, obviously you were gonna host the Wishbone Brawl this barefoot yeah. persimmon event Charlie Hoffman and Sandra Shoffley whatever and he's like yeah and then, and then he hit me up and he's like you 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 and Maddie can do it together I don't know what side of the story you heard but I was like uh okay like I don't know how. I was so confused. And what was really interesting was is I didn't host it with you. I stood on the sideline and learned a lot. And I know you're going to grin or whatever, but like, really, no, like, like, like I, it was terrifying, first of all. And you just literally grabbed the mic and walked up and you had cards, which I was like, oh, that's what you need to do. You need to remember things. You need to, I, don't, I would never. Yeah. And it was interesting because like I would, you, I remember even when we were on the driving range, you're like, all right, here, take the mic and you say this. And I was like, Matt, come on, just you do it. I can't, I cannot do this. Like, <laughs> like, and it was just, it wasn't that I wasn't interested in sharing. It was that I did not know how to do it. And you just like, it was really cool to see you take something that, um, you know, I've learned my side of it, right? You know, we walked up this morning and you're like, you're flying the drone? <laughs> And so it's different in that way. Like, like that's my thing. It's like yeah. I'm like I love yeah. flying the drone, yeah. or whatever. But but learning what how you sort of handle, um, you know, the the job of hosting is it was I learned a lot. Yeah. Can you well, tell me what? I mean, I can tell you what I learned, but can you tell me what 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 do you learn from the job of hosting? Well, I learn every I learn every day. I'm still learning every day, and you know what we did at Wishbone Brawl is different than what I might do on Morning Drive, which is different than what I might do on a Golf Advisor round trip, which is different than what I might do at a Golf Advisor getaway. Like, each each thing is so different and so unique and has its own sort of set of, uh, you know, skills, skill set to, to do any of all that. I Most of the time, and I'm sure you feel the same way, I'm kind of just winging it. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I want to be prepared you know, so before any interview, just like I'm sure you, 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 you read up and you, you try to get a, a better sense of the line of questioning or things that you're curious about. If you're curious about it, you'd like to think maybe someone else is curious about it. Um, and I, I'm what, what, what is so great when people say, oh, you have the greatest job in the world. The reason why I have the greatest job in the world is not always because I get to go and travel and play golf for a living, but it's because of the people I get to meet, the stimulation I have every day, because a lot of times I find myself in uncomfortable situations. And that to me is what living's about, right? You know, that's what, that's my, that's my drug is that feeling of like, oh, wow, I'm a little bit out over the tips of my skis. That's where I want to be. What is an uncomfortable situation for Manchinella? Well, you know, going live at, you know, on any okay. given moment. Okay, good, good. And a here we're on, you know, we're, we're live, you know, we're live. When the red light goes on, you've got to form a sentence and sort of make sense. And, you know, I don't always do it. You know, there's a lot of times where I'm like, that was not good. You know, Wait, but is, but I mean, I've only done one live thing. It was the 16th at Scottsdale and it was terrifying. <laughs> but at the same time, there's like a little person inside of you that shows up and it's like, 
All right, yeah. Eric, let's go. Well, no, and I, you know, and I, and I always say to myself right before, because I was live 16th on the, on the, on the green of TPC Scottsdale. I'd been t- doing TV for about a year and a half. I did a kind of an essay on, on Island Greens. And afterwards, Rich Lerner sends it down, you know, to, to, to me to kind of recap, you know, kind of end it. And I, I'm going to throw it back up to the, to the booth. And I'm standing there all by myself, you know, and I was nervous. My heart is thumping out of my chest and you know the camera guys looking at me like it's your it's go time but yeah. it's you know and they are not with you they're they're, they're not with you yeah. they're they're you're detached you're standing yeah. alone i'm literally alone on an island green, <laughs> island green. And, and and you know at that point i could i could either you know i could run and just say this isn't for me or i could i i you kind of have a, a internal pep talk which is smile if you're not having fun you need to find a new job. If you're not having fun with this pressure, if you're not embracing all that's going on around you, then go do something else. And I was literally telling that to myself. Like, <laughs> if this doesn't work for you, then what are you doing here? Then go away. Yeah. And and I, so, you know, you can kind of flip it just like you can with a four-foot putt or a tee shot that matters. You know, at some point you've got to embrace, embrace it. Otherwise it's going to get the best of you. And so you got the you got the earpiece, the thing coming down. You've got the belt with the like the one like yeah. nuclear button where it's like when you press this, yeah. everyone can hear you. Oh yeah, you know it's it's you know it's it's a it's a it's it's an amazing thing. And you know, I think of little things like it's great connective tissue to myself and my parents who are eighty five and eighty years old who get to turn me on in the morning and get to watch. And they say, oh, you know, that's a very powerful medium. That I can be wherever I am, and my parents get to turn me on TV and feel connected to who I am and what I'm doing. Because I'm three thousand miles away, and sometimes I'm more than that. And they can say, and I can get a text from my mom and say, you know, it wasn't your best day today, but you know, you know that she's my toughest critic. You know, I I love that. That's that's connect connection. Right. You know, and or she'll say, man, I'm so proud of you. You did great. You know, it's like little things like that. You know, you're like, wow, you're, you're you know, I'm 47 years old. And my mom sends me a text. You know, she's either critiquing me or saying, yeah, good job. Well, speaking of that, Matt, I'd like to introduce my parents, David and Susan. They're <laughs> listening or maybe even watching on YouTube. I hope they're proud of me. They uh, they are proud of you and they feel connected to you because you did a story on Great Waters. Okay. On Reynolds Plantation, oh, cool. where they live. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, they're they, in a good spot. They're in a good spot, okay. and again, it's gonna be a nicer spot when the renovations are done. Oh my god! And um, yeah, they they said Matt was just here. Oh, that's cool. Because they know we're friends, and that's really cool. Yeah, new ownership there has got everything turned around. That place is you know unhooked now. It's good. Yeah, it should. I mean, there was you know it, it was you know it's an interesting um, example, right? Yeah. We've got we've got Great Waters, and if you're not familiar, Great Waters is uh, five five. It's it's one of five courses, Jack. Nicholas, uh, I'm gonna try Cup, Bob Cup, Tom Fazio, Fazio uh, Reese Jones, yeah, Reese, uh, and then one other, um, a weird one, Arthur Hills. Yeah, does he have one there. I don't know. I think Doesn't there's actually sound... six now. There's six. There might be, uh, yeah, Nicholas, Reese, Fazio, Bob Cup. Yeah, I think we're not gonna get it. Um, in any Arthur event, Hills. it's it's the kind of place that. When I was a whippersnapper in golf, I would hate on, and I would be like, "Why do you do this? Like yeah. this is this is terrible." Yeah. And now I'm like, "This place is awesome. Like, give me give me a good green. Give me like just give me it. You know, it's it's kind of like Augusta. You can stay at the Ritz and you can play there. Whatever, whatever, whatever. A lot of houses. It's on a lake. It's amazing. There's fireflies. I go there and I see my family, my my yeah. mom and my dad. Um, but uh, 
it was built at this time, and you talked about the business model of it. Now they're in a good place. It was built around this, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen a lot of this, and you have a perspective on it. It was built around this time when uh, all you needed to do was like sprinkle uh, a lot into the middle of nowhere, and it could be like quarter acre. Sprinkle 500 of those and put, build three 18-hole courses, and all of a sudden you made a billion dollars. And then they started basically selling the courses. They the, the the management got screwy. The courses went into disrepair, and then the everything got screwed. How does golf tie into this awful story? And you know, you must have a really good handle on this story, right? Yeah. Well, you know, if you're going to use golf to sell real estate, it's a you you better build really good golf, and you know, you better start there. If you're going to build generic golf, or bad golf, or uninteresting golf, or unadventurous golf, or golf that's you know constricted by you know the the corridors, it's a a tangled web we weave, um, and not everything ends up you know bright and shiny. There's a lot of people who have bought houses that are overlooking golf courses that are grown over. They're yeah. not being kept, and what's that do to your property value? So, got to be careful. Ooh, that would suck. Oh yeah, and it's that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, and then now try to resell it. <laughs> well, actually, Pioneer's number four. Yeah, there was a par three that's not there anymore. No, and that and the guys who owned that house were like, "Can we at least mow it?" <laughs> <laughs> Hello, because now we're looking at overgrown grass. Get a little help. Yeah, I know. It's not always. It's not always. It's not always perfect, and um, I've seen it a lot. You. For sure, um, and a lot of times, what ends up happening is those, it, you know, the ownership goes on. Look at Sea Island. You know, Bob Jones, uh, Bill Jones, sorry, basically put way too much. Started a business model. He couldn't. It wasn't going to make ends meet, and he lost it. Really. But then someone comes in and gets it for a lot less money. Uh. They're able to adjust the business model or or put money into it that makes it makes more sense. Add more room. You know, in the in the whole business model of what became Sea Island at the back end of Bill Jones's nearly billion dollar investment if you really ran the numbers he didn't have enough beds to actually ever make a profit so even if the place was packed full they were going to lose money because he was going to try to make it on the real estate end and when uh, the real estate dried up and no one's buying lots he gone he gone and then you know <laughs> Uh, you know, Mr. Out, Anschutz out goes in eventually with a couple partners, and the, there was a great story about the bidding of two guys versus two guys, and they walked out of the room and goes, "Why do we bid against each other? Let's just settle it like 125 million. We'll get Seattle for 125 million, put more money into it, and make it sing." And then Anschutz eventually goes out and buys buys out all the partners, and now it's, you know, it's successful again. Yeah. And not unlike un, un, unlike what MetLife essentially did at at, at Reynolds, which is. Guy got out, you know, trying to do too many Reynolds all over the country. And it's, it didn't work. It wasn't a pyramid scheme. No, no. But but it was weird. Yeah, but I. I mean, know. this was like this was like thousands of acres. It was it was like dozens of miles of yeah, property. Yeah. Point is, is new ownership gets it for good value, ends up being able to make the adjustments. They built that that great little uh, pub at the top of the hill overlooking the National Golf Course. Oh, I haven't they, seen that yet. They, uh, amazing pub with 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 cottages all in the great, you know, that's the kind of stuff that Reynolds needed. You know, right. I keep I keep banging them on a short course. They need a short course because look at their clientele. Families, kids, couples, not people who want to go out and play 18 holes every day. They don't have time. They don't They're have there time. with their kids and their family. So go play a short course. You know, all these places, you know, what Piners did at the Cradles, you know, 
that feeds their clientele, yeah. you know, and recreating, reinventing the front doorstep of Piners with a with a short course where everybody's out there and ate some and having fun and music and drinking and, ha you know, That'd the front great. doorstep of Piners used to be, you know, lawn bowling. I'm here at right. the Cradle of American Golf and I drive up and the first thing I see is lawn bowling. Now you kind of move, look right past the lawn bowling and all you see is people playing golf. Yeah. What a concept. Yeah, yeah. Credit to Tom Pashy for making that move. He's done a great job there. Yeah. We had such a good time there. We had such a good yeah, time there. Pinehurst is now set up. You know, Bob Dedman and Tom Pashy and, and, and Don Padgett before him. I mean, they have now shepherded. We're talking about sort of shepherding the game into the next 100 years. That's what just happened at Pinehurst. Yeah, absolutely. We go to uh, Great Waters, um, you know, every uh, 4th of July. They have this great 4th of July party. And you're right. What would be what would be a great foreground or a great sitting area would be a short course, short course. right there on the water. So they have bold. they have six courses and they have a design for a seventh course, which would be Pete Dye. And you know, back this goes back a couple of years, and they sat me down and said, "What do you think we're going to put a Pete Dye?" I'm like, "What? The last thing you possibly need is another big, you know, unforgiving, forty tough million dollar course golf course. Build a short course." It's going to satisfy all your needs. Yeah, but see, what they, they want the Pete Dye course because they want to sell another 500 homes. I could say that. <laughs> <laughs> the question you get most is, you guys get a lot of questions. Where do people, we go next? Where do we go next? That's the question, yeah? I've been here, here, and here. Where do we go next? Like that, That's been my, my life for the last 12 years. Is it exhausting? Do you no, just hate the question? No. Can you just post one answer for everybody? No. No, I love the question. You really, I believe you, but it's but it's also unbelievable. Well, but here's 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 why I love it and why I take it so seriously because I know how special a good buddies trip is. I know what that means to me. You're actually the master of buddies. You go on many buddies trips a year outside of your job. Oh yeah, like Ireland uh, and Streamsong is the two that I know of. Yeah, Bandon. and Bandon. Last year we did Pioneer Uncle Tony Invitational. I call them my majors. And you're not there with the crew. You're no. just Maddie, oh, yeah. and oh, you're yeah. just one oh, of a foursome. Oh yeah. Oh, believe me. I envy. I that. take more. I take more shit on those trips than anybody combined. You know? <laughs> because, that's that's the way I love. That's the way it should be. I mean, yeah. You know, I plan some of them. I'm, you know, I I fold into the planning and certain others. I, I so, I I love all those, right? And yeah. I take those. I know what those mean to me. Therefore, if you were to come to me and say, "Look, Matt, my three buddies and I." We have these four days. These are these are ironclad days. I've you know I've got these in the prenup. Then before I right, I right. know these are my four days. Oh, we go and and they're they're budget proof because these guys this is they you know even if they have to tuck money into their mattress this this is, the trip is not going away. It's a yeah. matter of just where they go and the budget generally grows over time. You know they go from Myrtle Beach to Pebble Beach eventually. You know? Well, and most golf trips are about the same price. I mean, we give or take ten or fifteen percent, right? Mm, or are you I, talking like there is a wild? Do you do you see a wild difference in like the budget and the extraordinary? Oh yeah, because I, I well I guess oh, when yeah. I look at places like like this past year for me it's been Piner Stream Song, uh, whatever whatever like you know Bandit. Those a bunch are of all others. the same. Those are all the same. And what would you call those? Middle? No, those are that's high end. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I apologize. I'm out of touch. And, you know that's that's well Stream Song peak season that's high end. How you much know, is it? It could be, you know, you could be spending golf, lodging, food. You could be spending 600, 600, 700 bucks a day. That's a lot. Caddies, golf, lodging, food, drinks. 
that's yeah, you know so over the course of four price. days, five days, that's you know that's three grand. That's three thousand. Now add getting there and back, the rental car, all the side action you might have, it could be a thirty five hundred dollar trip. <laughs> right. That's that's it's a lot of money to spend for four or five days. You know, and if you go overseas, now you're talking about thirty five to you know to six thousand. You know, somewhere in that ballpark, if you really want to make it the trip you want to have. But does Mexico solve this problem at all? Do you do you get more well, money down there? Well, there's a ton of places that solve the problem. Turning Stone solves the problem. Okay. Myrtle Beach solves the problem. Different okay. parts of Myrtle Beach. Uh, uh, Sandestin, Florida. You know, if you don't go to Streamsong, go Sandestin. Yeah. That solves the problem. Uh, how about uh, Robert Trent Jones Trail in Alabama? Solves oh, the problem. that's my jam, solves dude. Solves the problem. $60 a round of golf. You know, that's, that's you know, you can, you there's plenty of places. Or these places in the off-season. Go to Scottsdale in the summer. Endure the heat. Bottom <laughs> bottom falls out of the price. Lose some weight. Go to Stream Song in the summer. <laughs> Kill a lot free, of birds with one stone. Free sauna. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. All day long. So, but you don't. So you don't mind the question, and you and because you see a value in the uh, people you're connecting with, and the and essentially the trust they're giving you. My currency is people saying, "You told me to go here. I went, and it was awesome." And you know, a lot of times those alpha planners, the people that are that are planning the trips, are the ones that 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 reach out. Oh, like the like the one for forty. The one for, one for four, forty or four. Right. It's, the pressure's on that guy. He's the trip planner. He's like, I'm I want to make sure he looks good. If he or she looks good, then we all win. Right. Right. Like then the whole trip, then the whole trip is good, and the the alpha planner looks good. And they and now they're coming back to me saying, "Okay, now where do we go now? Okay, I, right, you right. made me look really good. Now right. what? And if I can make all those good, look good, then that's where the exponentially, like you know, one times whatever number they win on, the guy you know either can say it or just know it. Wow, Machinella helped me find it. You know, if 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 I and I've had a lot of that over the years, which makes yeah. me feel like I want to keep doing that. If people can keep telling me that, then I'll keep doing what I'm doing." And, and it's not, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you love Bandon. Not for everybody. If if you're, if you're you don't want to play a lot of golf and if you're into nightlife and you want to go to strip clubs or do whatever it is that you, you know, you want to do, that's not Bandon. No. Go somewhere else. No, you're not doing that there. No. You're, you're like a, you're like a DJ for golf courses. You, you're like, you're like, I got the right course for you, everybody. Oh, that's, <laughs> ready. that's a great way of, I, you know? I've never heard that. But yeah, that you, you know, I've been. In parties with great DJs, and when a great DJ has control of the room, yeah, and getting people, you know, will I am, I'll never forget it. Waste manager at Phoenix Open. Oh yeah, he, he you know, he had ten thousand people taking a rest, yeah, dancing uncontrollably, back down. He had a, you know, we, I was no longer in control of who I am. That, that's <laughs> that's a good DJ. Well, yeah, you're 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 what you're talking about is you're you're sensing a vibe and you're basically saying, look, if this, then this. Yeah. If how these many two, people? What's your budget? Yeah. What's your what's your focus? Golf or nightlife? You yeah. Know, or or a mixture of both. Like that's going to shape it's, everything. It's a very caring uh, place in the world, right? You're 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 also you're kind of like a priest. Well, personal personalization. Who yeah. doesn't want to 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 have something that kind of. Um, personalizes 
you know, what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. And then at the same, going with the DJ analogy a little further, if you don't mind, do it. Um, you're now coming out like, so DJs, but you know, you remix other people's music and people will be like, Oh, you're not a musician. Cause you haven't made, I've never heard that version before. Like, Oh, that was yeah. cool. You know, like, and now you're like, well, I'm actually coming out with a new thing that I made, <laughs> which is winter park, <laughs> right? It's nine holes. And I basically revived this. Can we go before we get into, I want to talk about, you know, the answer to the question that I asked, which is where do I go? Yeah. Cause I get, I get that a few times and I think it'd be interesting to hear what you say. And I think I know what your answer is, but before we do that, let's quickly just do winter park as you're, you're now you're now you're as a DJ making a song. What, what is winter park in a, in a nutshell for people who don't know? What, well, winter park, it used to be winter park country club. Now it's winter park golf club. It's basically called winter park nine WP nine. Um, over a hundred years old. It's had a kind of a various forms of life. You know, it used to be 18 holes. It used to be in a different part of town. Uh, but long and short of it is it's over a hundred years old. It's now nine holes. It occupies some of the prime real estate running through one of the greatest little cities in, in not only Florida, but I think in America. Winter Park is a really special place named Winter Park because people used to get on the train from the northeast of New York or Boston, get on the plane, come down on a Friday evening after work, sleep on the train Friday night, wake up Saturday morning, and this was their winter park. Lakes, sun, fun, and they'd get back, and the train ended at Winter Park, and then they'd get back on the train on Sunday night. They'd sleep on Sunday night, and they'd wake up Monday morning, and they'd go to work in Boston, New York, Philadelphia, whatever. And so that how it's got its name. And so the, people have been winter parking here for, you know, a long, long time. And um, I, you know, I found the golf course when I first moved down here in 2013. I couldn't believe I was like, this is so cool for less than 20 bucks. You can be done in an hour and a half. I can walk to it. I don't, I, you know, at less than 20 bucks, you overlook a lot of conditioning issues. It doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. you know, if, if people have conditioning issues, just drop the price. That's why I hate places that punch their greens or sorry, we got construction going on, but then charge you the full rate. No, yeah. you're, you know, at a movie theater, if they only showed us half the movie, would they charge us the full rate? Sorry, you're only going to see right up to the end. What? How does that make sense? Again, what makes sense? Right. Winter Park 9 has always made sense to me. And I got pulled into a, a, a impromptu lunch meeting a couple of years ago. Um, and Matt, Matthew Haggerty is a producer at uh, the Golf Channel who's very tied into sort of all the – he lives in Winter Park – um, was being uh, talked to by a group of locals who said, you must know some people in the world of golf. Maybe you can help us try to fix this golf course. Let's let's have it overachieve instead of underachieve. This is prime real estate. It's fallen on disrepair. We need to invest in it. The mayor, Steve Leary, got behind it, said, hey, if you guys are this passionate about it, show me a proposal, give me a budget. Let me Let's see what this costs, who would do it, how is it going to be done? And at lunch, you know, I was said, who they, they asked me, you know, who would you have do this job if you were to, to be a part of this project? And I had just come back from Cabot Cliffs. I had spent time with Bill and Ben and their crew. A guy on their crew is Keith Reb. Bill Corr and Ben Crenshaw for the Yeah, Bill for the yeah, sorry. And uh and and I had spent time with Keith Reb uh walking the property that day, just he was kind of like a little mini Bill. I mean, he he's super, uh, you know, spiritual, and he, you know, you can tell, he, you know, he's one with the land that he's working with, and and um, obviously he's talented if he's working with uh, with these guys, and he's been part of Stream Song and Cap Cliffs now, and, and many others, and um, he lives in Orlando. Mm. He and his wife are living in Orlando, and I said Keith Reb would be a 
that's the kind of guy for this $1.2 million budget in this golf course. And you need someone who would really like actually invest and put their heart and soul into this project. And one thing led to another. I end up, you know, Keith is like, I really need to get clearance from Bill on this, you know, because they had a lot of projects going. I went back to Cabot, met with Bill. Bill said I could make him available if 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 the timing was right. What is the timing? Oh, they're still working on that. Not even a done deal. They're going to have to pitch. He's going to have to pitch the city and make a proposal and all that stuff. And uh, Keith said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it with Riley Johns. They had been working together at Cabot uh, and obviously had good chemistry and sort of you know, good for, for Keith for acknowledging what, you know, that the fact that, you know, bringing him in would be the right thing to do. Next thing I know, you know, these two guys are carving and shaping and taking a totally flat piece of land and creating humps and bumps and contours and berms and, you know, lion's mouth greens and, you know, putting bunkers where they make sense again. And, and and put in a whole new irrigation system, and, you know. So they put 1.2 million into a place that was losing 250 thousand dollars a year. Mayor Whoa. just wanted to get back to breaking even. Now they're making money. They got night golf. They got events like happening at the, the week of the, uh, the merchandise show. Seamus Golf going out there bringing all these. Everybody and everybody has been through to play Winter Park Nine. And if you haven't, you should. Yeah, it, it, I think it's the greatest golf experience. I think it's the greatest hour and a half you'll spend in golf, uh, you know, I'd put it up against, you know, a lot of places in the country. It's so interesting to hear that, uh, now it's in, now it's quite the talk of the town, many towns talk of the, it's, it's a, it's a big on the yeah. golf map already, but and that, it's nine holes. That has everything to do with Keith and Riley and, and, and Blake Conant, who they, they, they brought in and the team that they, they worked with on the irrigation, you know, it was about, it was about six guys total, you know what I mean? Yeah, and the whole crazy. city came out and helped sprig the, sprig the golf course with the new, with the new grass. And I mean, there's just absolutely nothing about this story that isn't just everything you'd you want in the world of golf um the the rallying the community the the fishbowl they worked in the whole city watching what was happening you know they were stripping down this golf course the one that they had been working at, you know it was kind of like what bill core heard when he was redoing piners number two you know a guy walked up to him in a parking lot and said bill i don't know what the hell you're doing here but you should know as this course goes so too does this town so don't fuck it up Whoa. and walked away and bill was like uh you know, is that the ghost of Donna Ross? I mean, and, you know, I, you know, and that's what Keith and Riley were hearing, you know, every day in Winter Park, like, hey, this course goes as this town goes, so don't mess this up. And they they did a great job. They, wow. They, they have a very deft touch, you know, in architecture that goes a long way, and I think that's why Bill and Ben are so successful is because they don't slam in your face everything they ever have learned about the world of architecture. They just yeah. let it come to you. It's very polite. Uh, and if you're going to be thoughtful, it's thoughtful. Yeah. Thoughtful. If you're going to be in Orlando and you want to check out Winter Park, there's a time to do it. And if you follow Matt on Instagram, which you'll see the link is down here, but you got to you, you got to go on Friday. Friday afternoon skins game. My goal is to have it every Friday all year in 2019. Even when I'm not in town, I got guys who are helping run it. And, uh, you know, skins game basically runs itself anyway. But 20 buck buy-in, high handicap. There's no handicaps, so we eliminate all the, the sandbaggers. So three par threes, two par fives. <laughs> Both of them are basically reachable if you hit good drives. Yeah. Uh, and drivable par fours. The short course is a great equalizer. Highest handicapper in the field is one 
you know, scooped all the skins in two two situations really? already. Yeah, with an even playing field. That's great. Yeah, it's just it's just. Uh, it's, I said before, it's magic. I can't wait to come back for that. That's something we really like to do when we travel is set up meetups, really. They're kind of a bit more random yeah, in the yeah. sense that um, it, we don't really know when and where. But and I love that, and I, and, I, and I hope to do more of that down the road. I hope to have Friday Skins game wherever I am while it's happening because of, that, because of you. Again, that, that inspiration, like these meetups, these throwing yourself out there and saying, hey, guys, this is where I am. Do you, you know, do you want to come? My fear was that I'd do a meetup and like no one would show up. It's like, a real fear. That it, it, it's it. It will never have. Someone will show up. I guarantee it. <laughs> I, I might I, have to pay him. I can show up if you really need me. No, <laughs> no. I mean, it's a real fear, but it doesn't happen. You'll, People come, dude. I need a, I'll be like Eric. I need a rescue, dude. We were in Sanibel. You know Sanibel, the little yeah. island down here. Yeah. And I was actually driving down the road, and I was like, I wonder if I have any friends on the island right now. And then, sure enough. We had this, uh, yeah, we, we did a meetup the next day. Six people came. <laughs> and I was like, wow, dude. That's so cool. And we just all played together and, yeah, yeah just played nine holes. It was great. Yeah. Um, so so um, that's really cool that you're involved with Winter Park and, and that you're, um, you know, changing the face of golf for your son and anybody else who's going to grow up uh, experiencing Winter Park even just once in their life. Well, again, I live in the community now. It's, you know, the, the way these work. These little mini municipals, the only way it works is if there is community buy-in and involvement. And, you know, John Asher would tell you the same thing about Oceanside. If it wasn't for the community Oceanside, he could not have done it alone. You know, and now he's got guys like Dean Wilson and, and you know, Kelly Slater stops by. Jeff Ogilvie has played. Mike Weir, stopped, you know, and then the Wishbone Brawl and all the Charlie Hoffman and Xander Shoffley being like, you know, we'll go play in Persimmon Woods and 800 people and, and, you know, that's the kind of stuff that's possible. I hope to have some form of a wishbone brawl at WP9 one day. Look at all the tour pros that live in the area. Look at, Think about what the potential is in terms of raising money for a particular cause. You know, the first year it was for Xander Shoffley's uh, old college coach, and the, their, her, his daughter had, you know, had a kind of a rare disease and had a bunch of medical costs. Boom, that raised money to help offset some of those costs. That's the game of golf. Yeah, that's linking that's, souls and all that. I love when you say that. I love that's I love being a part of it. That's, that's John and that is 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 uh, nephew Jeff um, Cunningham and you know that's the they they walk the walk. Yeah, they well, lead and, they lead the way. And Link Soul is a great brand. Let's just face it. They make. I'm wearing a Link Soul shirt. I think. I don't know. Looks Maybe like not. It. it sure. If yeah. it's not, it's a it's a knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Link Shoal. <laughs> Ring sure. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Oh, geez. Um, you, uh, you... <laughs> Link Scholl. <laughs> yeah, it's in Alabama. You never heard Link Scholl? So, you, um, you know, you love Bandon. You, you love Bandon. Not your son. I mean, you do love your son, but you love the place. I loved Bandon first because I didn't have Bandon, my son. Yeah. Until second. <laughs> this place is a revelation for you. You talk about it a lot. You go there a lot. I've had the privilege of going there three or four times, and the people there are great. The The... The, the place is great. I went there before I went to Scotland. Um, there's more of a connection than people might realize to, well, Ireland, actually. Can you can you walk us into that? Because you know, might, you might know more about Bandon than most people on Earth. So can you just walk us into this a little bit? Because <laughs> well, it's a great story. And I think for anyone who's listening to what I do and they want to know where to go, I would probably just say, look, either go to some crazy place that looks like it's dangerous <laughs> Or go to Bandit <laughs> If you're not up for that, then just go to Bandit Um, I, 
Bandit. Also, this is not unpaid. I don't. I, I don't. This it, is just fun. No, I know. I, you know, I'm. I, everyone's like, "Oh, you get paid by Bandit." I, no, I don't I, at all. When I go to that Bandit would be super Dunes, weird. I, you know, the, yes, they have a media rate that all media enjoys, but I also pay for caddies, pay for food, pay for you know. You pay to play Bandit? Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. Oh, there's a you know that I, I get a bill at the end of every trip I take do to Bandit really? Dunes. Oh, of course I do. Huh. You know that's and I wouldn't. I wouldn't really ever want it any other way you know i mean huh. yeah you must make more than golf is at an extremely <laughs> discounted rate but you know but you know i i get you know that's that's i go there because i want to go there respect yeah. total respect i was just surprised i guess because the truth is in that sense we do have a bit of a difference in our lives because i probably wouldn't go to bandon without <laughs> working like yeah. i wouldn't go to bandon without the cameras yeah. and without yeah. doing a podcast well, i'm from northern california and it all goes back to this. So the reason why I have any connection to Bandon Dunes is, is as you know, I, I was a photo editor at uh, Golf World and Golf Digest. Uh, and then I was the photo editor at Sports Illustrated. You know, in, in the late 90s, in 2001, when I made the switch from Sports Illustrated to Golf Digest, that's when Pacific Dunes was opening. And so I wasn't any kind of writer or journalist, you know, as a photo editor or, you know, in the photography department. Yeah, I would see we I would send photographers to go take beautiful shots of band and we'd run them in the magazines. But I had no there was no reason why I would, you know, go to Band and Dunes unless I wanted to. And being from Northern California, we used to play a, my uncle Tony, who got me really kind of you know, rooted into the game of golf through his love and his and his what he was doing. He uh, we'd go every year to a place called Baywood Golf and Country Club, a similar setup as say Goat Hill Park, in that it's not necessarily a muni, but it's a little mini golf course. It's kind of kind of looked like Northwood in in Monterey. Yeah, you know, Alistair McKenzie, tree nine line, old. yeah, yeah, but had that kind of charm and character, and and uh, and and. We'd go there every year since I was 18 years old. I'd bring a team. My uncle would bring a team. Sometimes I'd be on my uncle's team. And that is in Arcata, California. That's that's sort of Eureka. That's kind of halfway between Santa Rosa when I was born and where Bandon Dunes was being developed. Uh-huh. So one year, 2000, early 2000s, we extended the trip from Baywood and we went to Bandon. Uh-huh. And then one year we went to Bandon and then down to Baywood. You know, and then we, we, you know, so this was kind of part of, and as the courses developed and then they opened up trails and then Old Mac and then Bandon Preserve, it all just kept rolling along. And we, and I, all of a sudden it was eight guys and then it was 11 guys. And then some guys would come early, some guys going late. And then I said, all right, that's it. Bandon is going to, let's make this a trip. My uncle Tony and I, let's, let's, let's pair up and make this trip. And I, you know, going back to sort of remember the golf being built and developed in order to sell real estate, Mike Kaiser bought prime real estate for great golf and had no concerns or cares about houses or anything that I'm just going to build pure golf. I don't care about a U.S. Open. I don't care about 7,800 yards. I don't care about necessarily accessibility. He had, you know, he had seen that Sand Hills, you know, if you build great golf, people will come. And Sand Hills is the predecessor, private Nebraska, and ultimately, what, what I think Young's some people Gap, have said, 1995, yeah, Cork Crenshaw. Some people would say the beginning of modern minimalism or something, right? Some, something like that. Part of it, yeah, and kind of, uh, kind of uh, made, I think, made people understand and appreciate, you know that dialing it back and using the land uh, to really ultimately inspire the the design instead of <laughs> forcing design into the land. Yeah. Going back to that and having a guy 
and guys like Bill and Ben who, you know, not only appreciate the history and the understanding of what was, you know, Bill Core grew up playing, you know, Piners, Donald Ross. So he saw the old form and version. He came from basically the Sand Hills of North Carolina. So you got these two guys who wow. are kind of just, you know, savantish people as it relates to spirituality and land. And, you know, um, Sand Hills, Mike Kaiser was basically like, oh, okay, let me go find a place where I can put this and let's try to let's try to put it on a coastline. Howard McKee, you know, calls him up, says, hey, come check this out. They pay her back to course. So now going back to the story of Bandon, so I fall in love, spirituality, my ashes one day will be spread on behind the 16th green of Bandon Dunes, that 180 degree scape of that coastline and the drama and all that's there in the sunset with that little tree and uh, you know that's and just, where Ashley Mayo got uh, proposed to proposed to yeah yeah so and where many people have had I would imagine epiphanies yeah yeah I mean, it's 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 one of the most incredible holes in it, the world I say play abandoned dunes in the afternoon and time your back nine so that you're catching those holes along the ocean during the sunset yeah. you know because Pacific dunes you don't get it abandoned trails you don't get it old Mac you don't get the end of the all those end of the rounds and inland. But Bandon Dunes sort of ends out there on that coastline. So that's why you play Bandon Dunes in the afternoon. So um, I'm actually getting a little choked up. I, uh, Thinking about the times I've been to Bandon with going, good friends. Yeah. So now. <laughs> Switch gears. Yeah, we end up, you know, here I am, pregnant wife. We're trying to figure out the name of my son. And my, my you know, and we're kicking around names. And I look up on the wall and there's a poster of Bandon. I said, what about Bandon? And she goes, I actually kind of like that. Having never seen Bandon Dunes, just simply liking And Katie's Bandon. not a golfer. Not really. She likes nine and wine with an emphasis on wine. You know what I mean? So, um, Respect. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, who doesn't? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, and she goes, well, I got to like it. But she's all into sort of what the name means. So uh-huh. she goes and she finds out it means friend of the people, optimistic, determined. She's like, I love it. I'm in. I'm, we're going. I, and I was like, What? We get to name our son Banda. That's so cool. Because knowing what it means to me and my uncle and my 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 favorite memory and the sunsets and spirituality and the, again that maturation of life in golf. Because you were going through Bandon as a town in Oregon that didn't necessarily have a golf resort named Bandon Dunes. No, you you know correct. Very few people actually go into the town of Bandon. They yeah. just go right to Bandon Dunes. You know, but there is a town of Bandon and yeah. there ha- there is this great history. But unbeknownst to me. So go to find out. She also, when she's looking up the name, says, by the way, there's a sister city for Bandit in Oregon, uh, in Ireland. Did you know that? And I was like, uh, I think I may have heard that. I remember seeing a picture of Mike Kaiser next to a sign that said Bandon, and it's obviously some, but I don't, where is, oh, it's along the southern coast of Ireland. I'm like, my good, I wow, that's cool. And I looked up myself and saw that the, there's some guy named Lord Bennett who came over and you know settled the town of Bandon. I go, wow, it's amazing. Now, last summer, we're in Ireland. Katie and Bandon are with me and we're on a, a trek and a, you know adventure. And she goes, by the way, I looked up where Bandon Golf Club is, Bandon, Ireland. It's two and a half hours away. Do you want to go? We leave Waterville. Three she of goes, us. do you want to go? Yeah. Just jump in the car for oh, two yeah. and a half hours. Ireland is the scariest place on earth to drive. Oh, it's... First yeah. of all. Every yeah. road is a sidewalk. Yeah. So anyway... Yeah, and especially get... this road to Bandon, Ireland. <laughs> I mean, this is the most extreme case. And young Bandon, the, the man... Is what six months old or no, a year? He, year? He, at this point, he's he's about a year and three months. So okay. he's walking and not talking, but has a, an affinity for golf in the sense that he wants a club and a ball, and he okay. loves to. So he's loving Ireland. So one of the pros from from Hogshead 
calls ahead and says, by the way, uh, I know the pro out there. I'll set you up. I'll let you let them know they're coming. Let you're coming. Great. So, you know, there's a private little club in the middle of Bandon, Ireland. We pull up signs. Now we're like getting out, taking pictures. We show up and the president's there, the secretary's there, the head pros there. They all receive us. Oh, welcome. Welcome to Bandon Golf Club. We band, they have a gift bag for us. All that there's, you know, gloves, hats, ball mark, anything that says Bandon on. We're like, this is my, this is so cool. <laughs> they take us on a tour of the golf course, which you know, the castle where Lord Bandon one, two, three, four, and five of all lived. It's Whoa. overlooking the fifth fairway. Now it's sort of, it's you know, it's you know, there it's like stuff growing inside. No yeah. one lives in the castle It's anymore. a relic, yeah. It, it, it is still owned by the Bandon family, but it's uh, by one of uh, their daughters, you know, so the the names have changed. Um, it, but what what an amazing experience, right, to sort of connect these dots. And then you come to find out that Lord Bennett was never a lord. He just declared himself a boar. Some guy, uh, a lord, he comes over, settles the town of Bandon in the late 1800s, they're mining the... The, the, the waterway there that eventually goes on to be used for all the, the timber industry that they use. And I'm still piecing all this together, but essentially he, he, um, they didn't treat the, the Native Americans there that, that well at all. They right. sort, of, sort of ran them out and kind of wiped out the tribe well, of Native Americans. Well, Ireland was a pretty lawless place that he came from. Like they, they yeah. were just sort of just all messing with each other back then anyway. So. And his, his I'm, favorite I'm his right. favorite thing was the gorse bush. He brought Lord Bennett's the guy who brought the gorse bush to the Oregon coastline of that. This he brought highly gorse flammable seed. gorse bush to Oregon. Okay, so he brings back when he goes and gets his family. So now every golfer hates him. Well, in so America. There, the gorse is going <laughs> crazy, and the thing, but the the Native American, from what I'm told and I understand, the 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 kind of the spiritual leader of this Native American. Um, a tribe because of the way they were treated and how they were treating the land and the, the rock, not, not totally unrelated to obviously golf at that time. Sure. We're talking late 1800s put a cur- basically said this, this town is cursed. Your town will burn down three times. Whoa. And if you look at the history of the town of Bandon, it has burned down three times. And I think it's in 1999 as the development of Bandon Dunes was being done, simultaneously they knew Pacific was going in, so they were also doing the irrigation for Pacific simultaneously as Bandon. And even uh, at that time, they even thought that Old Mac would someday exist. So they were laying a lot of irrigation and stuff. A fourth fire breaks out. And the reason why the fourth fire doesn't burn the town of Bandon down is because the fire breaks and the irrigation that's been caused by the de- development of Bandon Dunes. So golf essentially saves the town of Bandon and ends the curse that was, you know, the treatment of the original, you know, Native Americans that 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 were there. And it's like the um, hang on a second. Well, I mean, that's really crazy because it, it kind of makes me think that on some level the golf course was meant to be. I mean, you kind of said that, but I mean, even like the Native Americans were like, somehow, some way, man, you know, th- this is, the golf course will arrive and that's what we'll prevent. Yeah, and 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 all, all of this, you know, again, I'm still trying to kind of piece all this together and get the full story and I'm, I'm working on it from a lot of different angles, but that that all starts because I say, let's name our son Bandon and my wife says, oh, by the way, 
this is what the name means, and there's a sister city, and we go there, and we connect the dot, and then people start telling stories, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Golf saved the day. Uh, so, you know, needless to say, uh, we've never regretted the idea, and, and little baby B kind of lives lives up to the name. I, I you know, I, uh, I just, I, you know, that place, that word, that name has always been a happy place for me, a place that makes me feel good. He certainly always is my happy place. He's my best friend. He only says four words. I still don't know how that's possible, but <laughs> I'd rather hang out with him than anybody on planet Earth. And it's, it's, are the, so are it's the all four fitting. words? Are the four words? Give me the driver. It's mama. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> ball. Right. We'll say ball. Oh, good. He gets very excited when we pass a golf course because he thinks we're getting out to, to hit some shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll happen for the rest of his life. He has half of snowball down. That's a good one. <laughs> ball. Oh, yeah, he's half, <laughs> yeah. halfway to snowball. Um, um, Matt, thank you for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, this is, I mean, this is really, you know, it's. But we, I can't believe that this is taking so long. Yeah. Yeah, but in a way, it's probably good. You know, it's good. I, 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 I you know, I've learned how to interview better. So I, you got that? No, no, no. I, I, you do. You, you. There is no. You know, we're all we just doing what we're doing, and you're doing it with. Your crew, who's your family? I'm doing it with my crew, who's my family. You know, you're still single now. I'm married. We, we, you know, the whole. You know, you're taking a very kind of really off the beaten path approach, which, you know, keeps extending all of the conversation beyond. You know, a lot of places I talk about, people have heard of, and occasionally I try to uncover something new. But you're always uncovering uncovering something new, and you're. I, you know, again, you inspire me. I hope one day I inspire somebody else. Like, that's how it all kind of keeps going. And I, I always tell everybody, we're all in this together. We are all in this, this world of golf and the special things that golf can give and provide and, and do. We are in it together. Yeah. And I think, I think um, people say, oh, golf is dead. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Golf is always evolving, just like our connection and our relationship with the game of golf is always always evolving so you know it, it if you're not in it with the game of golf i feel sorry for you i'm i'm sorry you're not in what we're all in together because it's a special thing yeah yeah i mean it goes back well, <clears throat> goes back to what you said about like being a giver and a taker in golf it's kind of true like in our job too like as a journalist oh man i feel like we'd go for another hour real quick oh, yeah. just another quick hour oh, yeah. yeah talk about the masters media center and how they celebrate journalists <laughs> Thank you for being a journalist. Thank you for being a role model in my life and a, and, a, and a person that I learned a lot from. In the short time that we've known each other, I'm looking forward to more. I can't wait. See you next week. <laughs> next week for part two. <laughs> All right, have a good week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, bye.